Hi guys, welcome back to Best of... Oh wait. <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah, Keep going. Welcome back to Best <laughs> of Week 4. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. And Jared, why don't you take this one away? So this is an episode uh, featuring a friend of mine who graciously agreed to come on and tell her story of sort of uh, moving from being raised very conservative, religious, to finding her own kind of identity and approach to her own sexuality and relationships and the beginning of her journey in polyamory. Mm -hmm. And um, Aaron, who is the, the friend who shares her story, is just an amazing storyteller. Leanna was absolutely hypnotized the I whole time. I was hypnotized. <laughs> I was so mad at you. I know. <laughs> yeah, I guess, should we, should I, should we apologize Maybe, maybe, there's a there couple, were some comments. There's yeah. a couple times where there's things Aaron are saying that I think are so important to sort of highlight and just kind of like talk about the larger context mm -hmm. around. So I do interrupt a number of times. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think you meant it as like man, it, like you weren't trying to mansplain or manspread or yes. I think you were, you were wanting clarification for the listeners. Yes. At, right. Is that Yeah. Kind of, Cause yeah. I think there's people who come to our episodes. Some people may be like very well versed in polyamory and everything like that. And other people not so much. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think at one point I'm like sort of talking about like the stigma and, and some of that mm -hmm. stuff. So I, I just, you know, and so. Yeah. But it's like such an amazing episode. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really, I love the openness of it. And it led us to Brittany Palacastro. That's right. Yeah. 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 Another fan fave. Yes. So, um, yeah. Anyway, guys, enjoy. Enjoy. So I guess my question is, like, in just listening to you, is your journey into polyamory or S, no, not S&M, <laughs> e and M. We could talk about that I mean, on another episode. Let's just say there's not some S&M in there mixed in, but... <laughs> guys welcome back to another episode i am liana i am jared and we are back with an amazing interview today from an amazing guest jared why don't you talk about her a little bit <laughs> i was gonna i was actually gonna throw it to you because i think this is the most um like like wrapped you have been like you were so like drawn in uh, to everything our guest was saying. Our guest is a, a friend of mine. Um, her name is Erin, and uh, she was awesome enough to come and share her story with us that is a story of, um, I would say, like, a growth and transformation in terms of how she uh, thinks about relationships how she relates to her own sexuality and things like that. Um, and so it's a, Aaron is a beautiful human being and it's a beautiful and interesting story. And we got into a really fun conversation about it. So a couple quick disclaimers, right? So she uses um, her first name and the first names of other significant people in the stories. 
and she has done so with their full and express permission up front. Um, and you'll see that there's not a lot of like other identifying details of where, you know, they live and, and what they do and things like that. But just know that the names are, um, only shared because everyone involved gave permission to do so. So, yeah. And then the other, uh, Thing is there is a trick we want to offer a trigger warning yes thank you because uh, there is a, a part of the story where she opens up up about uh, sexual trauma so which is part of her story so um so yeah the, you know the intro listen to the intro um if you want to skip over that part it's kind of at the beginning of her story and then you know once you get a little deeper in but um if you're just not comfortable with hearing anything like that then don't feel like you have to obviously listen to that part of the episode so anyway but yeah we're excited it's it's really like you said like i was the way the storytelling of how she tells it is just so enthralling and i was just like so mesmerized and then jared kept interrupting <laughs> I was so mad at him. I wonder if I wonder if the listeners will be like equally pissed of like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, but I felt like I was like trying to give like important context and like I I, I really wanted to like because, you know, like kind of get into and dissect some of the points that that we were talking about and stuff like that. So and I was annoyed in the moment, but when I listened back to it as I edited it, like it was really good talking points that you brought up. So like, it's good that you like interjected and brought up some of these topics, but I was like really annoyed in the moment. But just in the moment when I broke the flow, you were like, so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So just some fun things to talk about before we go into our week updates. So first our contest for rating and reviewing ends October 31st. So if you have not submitted a review yet on Apple Podcasts, go to Apple Podcasts, type in hello and goodbye, scroll down to the bottom. There's a place where you see the rating and the review. Click the five star. Remember we talked about no four star, three star, (laughs) star, you're ineligible. And come up with a really endearing, clever, funny, unique review And on Halloween, Jared and I will dress up and do an Instagram live and pick our two favorite reviews and you guys will receive a free H&G mug. Yes. So I'm excited about that. We've gotten some amazing reviews. This does include all of the reviews that were previously submitted. So there, you guys, this is a tough contest. Yeah, there's some good ones out there. There are some really good ones. And um, and I mean, there's definitely going to be some runner-ups and some shout-outs, but like we're looking for the ones that really, you know, are yeah, set pe- apart. People are bringing the A game for sure. It's, I know, it's, yeah. It, it's it's very touching. We like appreciate the support and all that oh, stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. And, and if you're not comfortable with leaving a review, just go leave us a rating. You guys, we are close to 100 ratings. I'd love to get to that 100 mark. So head over there. If you do not have an iPhone, you have to know someone in your life that has an iPhone and just be like, hey, can I leave a review for my favorite podcast? (laughs) It would really help them out. And I'm sure they'd be like, of course, and hand you their phone and then you can do it on their phone. Yeah. And like, I I think what people don't realize is like, 
when you and I go to like the podcast high school we go to, like we're we're like bullied because we don't have a hundred reviews. People are like, <laughs> oh, like you you're you guys are such a loser podcast. Like like they're like, look at these losers. They don't even have a hundred. Right. The and then we have to like we you know, we like eat lunch in, in the in the phone booth yeah. because none of the other podcasts want to eat lunch with us. Yeah. And only if we had a hundred review ratings we would be invited to the podcast popular club yes that's what i'm saying club yeah yeah so anyway yeah i'm i'm glad that jared threw the empathy card in there (laughs) (laughs) it's also late for us to be recording right now so we apologize if that um louis okay i'm also dealing with so I'm at my, I'm recording at my parents' house. There's just lots of noise around, which is distracting me. Um, but also I'm dealing with a, a kitten that I mm-hmm. did end up fostering. So his name is Louie. He's adorable. If you don't follow me on social media, go follow me. Right now he's getting into trouble and being very uh, rambunctious. He runs around for about 30 minutes and just, you know, like, you know, that part in the office where it's like parkour, parkour, and they get in and, you know, it's like, that's like what Louie does. It's like, he just runs around and then you'll look at him like, you know, 30 minutes later and he'll just be passed out. Anyway, he's absolutely adorable. He and Olive are getting along great and it's been a little stressful, but it's been like a fun addition. So he is the cutest little spiky haired cat and fits in a teacup. I know. He's yeah. so cute. Yeah. He's really adorable. Worth the social media follow for Louis alone. For sure. At underscore Leanna Joan. Yeah. And, and at hello and goodbye podcast. Um, but he will need a home. So if you guys know of anybody that wants to be adopting a kitten, he will need to be fixed and, and have his shots first, but then he'll be ready for adoption. So anyway. Okay. I'm really excited because we have a new sponsor for the show. Yes, I'm excited about this too. Okay, so the sponsor is Hello Tushy, and they are um, a company that creates essentially bidets. Mm -hmm. And so I went on their website to kind of look for like, their verbiage of how to promote them. And um, I'm just, I'm going to read this verbatim. And I think you guys are gonna love it. So this is what's on their website. (laughs) If someone crapped on your floor, would you wipe it with toilet paper? No, you'd probably don a hazmat suit, dump five quarts of bleach on it, and then set your whole house on fire. And rightfully so shit, crap, poop, boo, boo, whatever you choose to call it. is unsanitary and dangerous. The health risks of using toilet paper are exponential. Wiping with toilet paper leaves us stewing in our own mess. That skid mark that we're collectively sitting on because we didn't wash with tushy could lead to some real problems. Using a bidet changes all that. A cleansing, soothing water wash leaves you clean and shower fresh all day long. Tushy can be adjusted to suit your personal needs and enjoyed by anyone, male, female, young, elderly, Slytherin, or Gryffindor. Besides offering great benefits to users, bidet also helps protect the environment. Americans Mm -hmm. use over 34 million rolls of toilet paper every day, which wastes 
precious resources and damages the environment and ecosystems that rely on trees. The Tushy Bidet reduces toilet paper consumption by 75 to 100% to give you not only a luxurious bathroom experience, but also a green lifestyle. And I love this. A portion of Tushy profits go to build community toilets, enabling the poor in, in, in India to lead healthier, productive, and more dignifying lives. When it comes down to the question of what are the benefits of using a bidet, the answer is clear. Bidets clean better than toilet paper are eco-friendly, cost-efficient, comfortable, hygienic, and overall easier to use. And if there's another like crazy global event that causes people to like buy out all the toilet paper and all the stores, you won't even sweat it. There you go. You've got your bidet. So Tushy sells Tushy Classic, which is their classic bidet, Tushy Spa, which is a heated bidet. Oh, that's nice. A Tushy Ottoman, which is like what you put your feet on to like bring your knees up. Yeah, that's that's right. healthier. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Uh Tushy bamboo toilet paper, hmm. bamboo towels. A tushy travel, tra- I'm sorry, a tushy travel bidet. Oh, cool! And tushy merch, including a shirt that says "Ask me about my butthole" and "Clean Butt Society." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay, so what is it? How do how do the people get the? Yes. Uh, okay, so if you are interested in checking out their product, you're going to go to www.hellotushy.com. Now, to get the 10% off discount that they're offering Hello and Goodbye listeners, you're going to type in hellotushy.com slash hello and goodbye. And so I went and checked this out. And basically, when you slash the hello and goodbye, it takes you to their site. But what it does is it marks down all of the products 10% more, right? And so then it keeps track of those listeners from Hello and Goodbye that are going to be using that discount. Yes. So here's what I will say. I use a bidet. It is awesome. Um, it's better. It's like less gross. It's, you know, better for like you. And, and it's also like, I think it's better for your butt because I think like toilet paper can really like irritate and stuff like that. Oh, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. Like that's real like sensitive, uh, you know, like stuff down there. And so, um, and also the other thing that I think people should know is it's like super easy to hook up. Like you don't like, you know, like behind your toilet, you just turn off the little thing with the water, you unscrew it, you screw this in, you turn the water back on and you're done. It's like, it like literally will take you like less than 10 minutes. Um, okay. Well, that's good to know because I got my bidet sent yes, to me. Awesome. I just haven't installed it yet because mm-hmm. I felt like I don't read directions well enough to do that. And so you're I was waiting like, for Zach. I, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I like you could absolutely do it, but I also support your decision. Okay, wait, but you're Zach. coming over tomorrow night for the bachelorette. So maybe you I could, could do that. You could do it for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could do that. So the other thing uh, that is really true that I can tell you from experience is once you get a bidet, you like really don't like pooping anywhere but home. Like it's like, yeah, it's like a real, like, it's like, ah, I have to use toilet paper now. Like it really does. It really changes up the whole game on you. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like I have a question about it because I, I, I honestly have never used a bidet. 
Yeah. Does go, it, go fire like, away. You just like, the water just like squirts up there and then it gets, how do you know it gets it all? Well, so what, so what I do is, yeah, so you like, you squirt the water and you kind of like, <laughs> you sort of like wiggle your butt a little bit, and, you know, kind of to wait, get. Wait, why kind of wiggle? Well, you just kind of, because you can feel where the water is going. So you want to get, you know, oh, the whole oh, area. Oh, move your butt to the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I take like a square of toilet paper and you sort of dab dry and stuff like that. Uh, and then you can like look at the toilet paper and like see, you know, like see <laughs> how clean everything is thanks to your Hello Toshi bidet and, and really like celebrate that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm and then you're pretty, good to go. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Zach said he's ordering a spa bidet. Oh, he should. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you guys, the prices are not that bad. Like they're very reasonable, especially if you consider how much toilet paper you use and how much you spend on toilet paper. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So again, just one more time, if you want the 10% off and you want to support the podcast, you're going to go to www.hellotushy. Tushy is T-U-S-H-Y. I don't know. Do people know how to spell Tushy? I think so, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, they could spell it T-O-O-S-H-Y. Or a T-U-S-H-E-E. -E. <laughs> okay. Well, it's T-U-S-H-Y.com slash hello and goodbye. So there's not a promo code. You're just adding us to the website uh, link. And yeah. then, and then it'll take you and you'll get your 10% off when, uh, actually throughout the whole site as you shop. So yeah, good for you. Good for the earth and supports the show, which by the way, I think we only got this sponsor because we're part of the hello family with them. Is that, well, that's what, that that's what I love about this sponsor is it's like, hello and goodbye sponsored by hello tushy. Yeah. Are there other, we need to find other companies that start with hello. That was really Valley girl. Zach has been telling me. So, okay. So I make fun of Zach all the time I'm like because he has a Wisconsin accent so he goes like he says like um sorry and beg and like just things that are very it just so funny to me and I make fun of him and I was like do I have an accent he's like uh yes and I'm like what I don't have an accent and then he made me watch the SNL skit called the California the yes. Californians yes it's the best and I don't think mine is that bad but I do I can definitely get a little bit of that, um, that Valley girl, like, <laughs> you do get a little bit of that sometimes. <laughs> it's great. Okay. And then guys, really quick, just go check out the Patreon. There's a new episode that's going to come out this week. Um, Jared gets super vulnerable uh, in this episode. <laughs> and, like it's, it is like, I asked him, at the end if he was sure that he wanted me to post it and he's like yeah like I think this is something that I'm not like ashamed of and that I'm working through and I don't know it was a really beautiful conversation so oh, yeah if, if you guys want to go get Jared to know Jared more <laughs> subscribe to you the want to hear about like all my dysfunction and yeah it's the uh, you gotta subscribe to the hustle and beat. That's where you. That's when you start to get those um, bonus episodes. And mm -hmm. then, of course, you can subscribe to the swag bee if you want to add that exclusive H and G hat. Which reminds me that we have hats for sale that are not the exclusive H and G hats. They're just the first batch of H and G hats for ten dollars. If you want to support the podcast, they're dark green. 
The lettering is blue. It's hard to read. The hat is kind of shiny, but it's a nice hat. Yep. You know, and uh, I do have a listener who has one now and she wanted it. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there is someone out there that is wearing the Hello and Goodbye hat. I gave one to my mom. She probably won't ever wear it, but I guess we technically have two listeners-ish. My mom doesn't really listen, but. You've, you, you've forbidden your mom from listening. I know. Let's just, I, think, let's... I think sometimes she peeks in. I think my sister told her she needs to listen. And I'm yeah, like, she did. You? Yeah. Why are you telling her that? Good job, Krista. I support that. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, all access to all of this, and I will put a link for Hello Tushy on the Hello and Goodbye website as well, is on www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com. So a link to our Patreon, the merchandise, our sponsors, our YouTube channel, our social media. It's all there. It's an, it's like a hub, an H&G hub. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go check it out from there. Yep. Yay. Okay. All right. So let's check in really quick before we get to this amazing interview that I cannot wait for you guys to listen to. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, so, you know, you talked about what I shared on the Patreon and, and some of that uh, was spurred by a conversation that you and I were, we were like in the middle of the conversation. Right. And I was like, turn the mic on. Didn't we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of that conversation was about that, um, I, uh, am no longer seeing the person that I've been seeing for like uh, over a month. Months? Yeah. Two months ish. Yeah. Maybe a month and a half to two months. Yeah. And, um, so that, uh, is sad, um, because she's a wonderful person and, um, but we ended things like on good terms and actually ended up having lunch a little while ago, like maybe a, a week and change after we had, you know, kind of really officially ended things. Um, and that was really nice. Like it was like her idea to, to have lunch and, and um, it was nice to just talk and kind of clear the air and, and some stuff like that. So um so it was good but it's also like sad you know when you go through that thing um something that i'm really excited about i think i told you this earlier liana but like or i don't know if this is on the patreon thing that we recorded too but like um i think normally i have this compulsion when i'm sad and sort of grieving the loss of a relationship in some way I like rush right back into like online dating. Um, And I've been like, just really like without even like telling myself like, boy, I shouldn't do that. Like not coming from that kind of place at all, but just I'm like wanting to really go slow and take care of myself and, you know, like kind of take some time. Uh, So that's been cool. I'm really proud of you. Don't you always get like excited when you're like, oh, something different is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, maybe, maybe this is growth. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't know. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, we all handle like grief in different ways. And I think this way that you're handling is handling it a little bit more head on than mm. like in the past, you kind of skirt around it and then you feel it. Cause I think you said to me one time, you're like, yeah, I don't really, when it ends, I don't really feel it right away. It kind of hits me later. And it's like, yeah. well, maybe it's because you're 
you're pushing it aside and trying to distract with this thing. And so then it hits you later because then you're finally kind of like dealing with it, you know? I think that's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I'm pretty like defended against it, but I also think, right. Like I I think for all people, it always like hits you in waves or in stages or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, you, you, even when you think you're like, okay, I really dealt with it and I really felt the sadness. And then like three months later, something happens and you're like, oh fuck, like, I didn't know that was in there, you know? And then like, you're like, there's a whole other layer of like sadness in here. Yeah. Yeah. Because every time you like, again, what the podcast is, hello and goodbye. Every time you say goodbye to someone you're seeing, it's a loss. You're grieving the loss of that person and maybe not out of your life completely, but the loss of what that person was to you at a time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just want to say, I really liked this girl a lot Mm -hmm. and I have a ton of respect for her. She was so sweet. And so I know you and I both, like we have wish her nothing but the best. And, you know, like she's been a, listener of the podcast and so cute and supportive and sweet and smart. And so, you know, she like, you know, talking to you directly, if you're listening to this episode, like you're not going to have a hard time finding someone. I know, you know, it's, it's just part of dating is trying on a bunch of different shoes and, you know, you just keep trying it on until both of the shoes work, you know? Yeah, I, I like love that you sort of very subtly were like, let me speak directly to 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 this to this woman that I know and like like so much. No, it's great. Oh, I, I actually wasn't subtly. I literally said I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess subtly was the wrong word. What's it's happening great. with you? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I was thinking about the, what to talk about. Um, I guess the biggest thing is like I had my birthday, mm-hmm. so I'm officially 34. And <laughs> you don't look a day over 33. <laughs> um, driving, a la- driving around with an expired driver's license. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of a long story, but I've been trying to change my name. And with COVID and everything, I've just been like super lazy about it. But then I realized this go around with renewing my driver's license that it was going to, I needed to renew it or it was going to expire on my birthday. And so then I'm like, well, I don't want to renew it and then change my name and then have to go back and do it all over again. So I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to change my name really quick. And then I'm going to go and get it. And, <laughs> and I just, I just waited till the last one on everything. And so then I showed up to the social security office and it's like, well, we can't take you. You have to do all this mail in. So I mailed, mailed everything in and then they mailed it back. They're like, you did this wrong. You have to have it certified. So but then I went and got it certified oh, and I mailed it in. And so now I'm just waiting for it. And if I don't get it in the next couple of weeks, I'll probably have to just suck it up and go uh, get a driver's license with my my name on it. Just drive very safely and very legally. Well, here's what's funny about it. So uh, something else that kind of goes in line with that is I got in a fender bender this week. No, really? Yeah. Someone hit me from behind. So I was getting off the freeway and... Um, there was, so when you get off the, I was heading to Zach's house. And when you get off the freeway, there's this exit that the, the light, the traffic light kind of comes on you quick. And sometimes you don't know how many cars are backed up. So, mm. I mean, my car has really good brakes. And so it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, 
a harsh break, but it was like, okay, all right, I got to put a little bit more pressure in it. Well, uh, the person behind me just wasn't really paying attention enough and then realized that they needed to break faster. And so I could see the car coming and I'm like, oh shit. And it was just, it was a very minor like hit or whatever. Well, guess who it was? Who? Zach. No. <laughs> Wait, but like you knew he was behind you. You knew that was him. So yeah. in that moment, you're looking in your rearview mirror and you're like, he's going to hit me. Well, so it was dark. So I couldn't see him, but yeah. I I can tell his car from like the front lights. Oh, and of all of a sudden, I see the car coming closer and closer. And I'm thinking like, are you kidding me? And so I kind of <laughs> moved to my left a little bit and kind of closed my eyes. And then sure enough, like it hit. So anyway... So I didn't pull over because I'm like, okay, I think I'm like 99% sure it's Zach. And so I texted him. I know you're not supposed to text, whatever. But I texted him. I said, did you just hit me? (laughs) And then when he was in the middle of texting you back, he rear-ended you again because he was texting and not looking at the road. I'm so sorry. He's like, I'll get it fixed, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm not worried about it. It was, It's like very minor scratches, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Did you I, ever like used to do that with your friends when you were 16? Probably not. This is probably like my generation. No, when I was I, like 16 at a light, like you would like stop and then you would like intentionally like tap your friend who was in front so of you just to I mess did with it them. one time in college to my ex-husband and he was pissed really oh yeah that was like one of the maddest i've ever seen him really that was when we were just friends like we weren't dating or whatever but yeah yeah, i like it was very like oh he was he was livid i wonder why i don't know is that's that's a whole nother can of worms yeah yeah i used to drive i yeah we used to yeah we used to do all kinds of dumb stuff like that but anyway that's hilarious yeah, so I got in a little fender bender. Everybody's fine. Um, the kitten is adorable. And Olive is doing so well. She got her stitches out this week. And yeah, like I had my birthday. I don't know. I, it was it was kind of like a depressing birthday for me. Um, the day of, I didn't feel well. I was just so exhausted from taking care of animals and just kind of overdoing it. And so I didn't feel well. I had to, I had like nine piano students and yoga. And like, I just, I just felt like I couldn't really just like breathe all day. And, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, Zach came over and my family and I, we got some pizza and had dinner here, which I didn't really enjoy because I wasn't hungry. And I don't know, I was just kind of in a pissy mood. I was on my period and like, it was just, it was like 99 degrees. You guys, for those of you who are not in Southern California, it's been the f- hottest summer we've had in a long time. It is still like, it is just now like kind of hitting the 80s. Yeah. It's been ridiculous. I, I woke up on my birthday, went outside and there was like smoke from another fire that happened, mm-hmm. um, like very close and homes had to be mm-hmm. evacuated. Everyone's fine. Thank goodness. But anyway, I don't know. I just, I, I just had a hard, I don't know. This was just like one of my hardest birthdays. I, I don't know if it's because like I'm 34, getting closer to 35. I'm living with my parents. Like we're in COVID. I think it's probably just like a combination of all of that together. And poor Zach, like he came over, he was so sweet. And I was just kind of like, 
like he gave me a really sweet gift. And I just, I just wasn't in a great place and I just didn't really make him feel really welcome and loved. And like, and then the following day, um, went out with, you know, friends downtown and Jared, do you want to tell what happened? So, uh, sure. I'll, I'll take a shot at it. So I think, um, I, well, first of all, uh, we had a nice group, uh, dinner took a really long time. I was being a little like probably extra extroverted and zany. And so we had two guests stop by our dinner, one of whom is a listener. And of course I got really wrapped up in like a really sweet listener, by the way. Yes. I got wrapped up in like sort of talking to them and like joking around with them and kind of like, I think it felt like our crew, like, you know, and, and, and they say didn't have a drink with us, which was nice. Um, but it's sort of like, I think our our group never really like hit that point where like people like gelled and really like, you know, we're all on the same page, like having a good time. Like, because then, you know, then like, like I said, dinner really took a long time. And then, you know, pe- some people went their separate ways and then we hung out in your office for a minute and it, but it, it just ended up being like a very um, sort of low key kind of night, I think. Yeah, which is fine. And I'm totally fine with low key. I think, you know, I think everybody, I, it's like almost every year I have these expectations of like what my birthday night is going to be like and almost never is it fulfilled. (laughs) And it's so funny. It's like, and I, I know my best friend, Michelle, I know she's the same way. Like we both get the birthday blues or, you know, but overall it was just, it was a wonderful night. Like my friends came out and we celebrated. And so, and then the, the next day, um, Zach and I hung out and we met up with my other friend and her boyfriend and had a really nice time at a brewery. And, um, so, uh, one thing I will say though, from your birthday night is, um, I got, the sort of sweetest video ever of you and one of our other friends singing that song from shallow no not shallow uh Uh, singing shallow from a star is born thank you Yeah. yeah and i think um i hope our listeners like hit you up on social media and like pressure you to post it because oh gosh you're playing the piano and the two of you are singing and you sound beautiful and you look great uh, you should you know do what? it. That video that you sent me was like really small and like pixelated. Oh, really? I I wonder if that's because there were some non iPhones on the on the group thread. Oh, you're maybe right. that message. You'll have to resend it to me. I will send it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Zach, non iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Green text, gross. Anyway, I think that's it for our update. So Yeah, let's get to this interview. It's so yeah, good. I'm so excited. And um, yeah, you guys tune in and then we'll check in when we're all done. Okay. Uh, I am really happy to be here uh, with a friend of mine, uh, Aaron and I. Uh, hello, Aaron. Hi, guys. I launched into my huge long thing. Um, Aaron and I know each other through mutual friends. We met, what, like, 10 years ago, somewhere around there? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, And Aaron has been gracious enough to kind of share with us, you know, this show is about exploring relationships and and 
connection to yourself and all these great things. And, and Aaron, as you and I got to talking, like we found out that you're kind of at an interesting place on your journey with all this stuff. Um, and so you've been nice enough to kind of share with us, uh, like the snapshot of kind of where you are now and, and, and how you got here and your journey, as I understand it includes like exploration of things like polyamory and ethical non-monogamy and the, the, you know, your own relationship to relationships and to sexuality yeah, yeah. is kind of at this really interesting, like, uh, evolution point or whatever. Um, so is there anything you would add to that? How did I do kind of encapsulating that? You did great. You did great. I think that was perfect. Okay. Okay. I had to jump in here and say, Aaron, that you have an amazing podcast voice. Yeah. Thank you. I think Why so, thank you, Leanna. You're, you, you're so welcome. Like, seriously, though, it's got a beautiful, you have a beautiful tone. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm super impressed. People are going to be like, you should join now. <laughs> we'll have a separate spin-off like ASMR series. <laughs> that would be crazy. So I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. I, I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. Um, so did you have anything else to add to what Jared was saying? No, that all feels pretty accurate. Jared is, is – um, just a, a really cool acquaintance from like, you know, years past who was Jared and I never got to spend a great deal of like one-on-one -on -one time together, but he was always someone where like, if there was a party and Jared was there, it made me feel better to know that he was just in the room. Um, you know, he just gives off that, that energy, that positive energy, but no, it, I was bummed when, when he left the East coast, but I'm glad that he's often doing great things with you on the West coast. Yeah. And Aaron is one of my favorite people to talk books with. Mm. Um, but she's like a big reader. Um, <laughs> He's looking at me judging me because I'm not. <laughs> not He's like, I really like talking books with Aaron since I can't talk books with you. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, I, I almost, Aaron, can you give us like a, a one sentence or like a 10 second, like if you had to, sum up kind of like the journey like and then we'll kind of go through obviously and unpack it but like what what would be your like oh man pitch? my like elevator pitch of my yeah. relationship life um I mean I I grew up in the south I live in the northeast now but I grew up in the south and so the way I was raised was that I never really like women didn't exist below the waist mm. um and so I feel like my adulthood and learning to sort of shed the expectations of other people that I were, that I was taught was the way I should live my life is really sort of happening now in my thirties and figuring out what it means to sort of own my, my full self in a way that I wasn't taught to before. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Okay. So like, I would love to dive in. So like, what can you like unpack for us a little bit? Like, what are the things growing up in the South, like, and maybe in your particular experience that you learned and internalized about relationships, about sex, about your body, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I, I grew up in the South and my family is, is, um, evangelical and fairly conservative. And so sex was not really something we discussed. And also sex was not something really, I feel like discussed anywhere. Like the, what little mm -hmm. sex ed I'm trying to remember that I had was mostly, um, uh, sex is bad unless it's 
when you're married to have children. And if you have it outside of that context, you'll get STDs. And so here's what that looks like. Like, I feel like all my sex ed was like, here are the STDs you could get if you choose to have sex. Mm. It was yeah, never like presented. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was never presented as something that could be exciting or pleasurable or something to celebrate. It was just, don't think about it. But when you do, remember that there are consequences. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I, you know, I was also at the time very, um, uh, very much a, a part of my my church life. Then I was like in the choir. I took all the dating by the book classes. Um, Wait, where, what are you know, dating by the book classes? Uh, it was like early middle school, I feel like, and we had these workbooks, and, and the course was entitled "Dating by the Book," where it was talking about. Um, a way to conduct romantic relationships that were based in the Bible. So the book was the Bible. You were dating by the Bible. Mm. Um, And so it was my, I was very firm that I was not going to have sex until I got married. And I have not been married and I have had sex many times. And so clearly somewhere along (laughs) that journey, that (laughs) that fell away. (laughs) Well, I'm like, so when did that start to shift for you? Because you're, you know, growing up, you're dating by the book, you're really like bought in, you know, and like, like, how, how did this evolve as you got into maybe your young adulthood in terms of sex and relationships? Sure. Um, well, I think part of part of what can be so great about um, traveling or or moving to different places or just sort of um, getting outside your own uh, like routine is experiencing different people and different things. And so when I um, we moved at one point in my childhood and I went from a private Christian school to a, a public arts school. And so suddenly I was with a bunch of kids that I'd never I never would have experienced or met before. And that sort of widened my lens a little bit. And then when you go to college, of course, you're on your own. You're getting to make all your own choices. And that widens again. Um, when I, the summer after high school, before college, I ended up meeting, um, a 36 year old, uh, who moved in across the street from a, a friend of mine, uh, who sort of courted me after I went away to college and we dated for a while. And at the time I thought that was just because I was very mature for my age. Like, of course, that's why I'm 18 and a 36-year-old is interested in me. But as a 36-year-old now, looking at 18-year-olds, mm. I'm like, oh, oh, they're children. That's gross. <laughs> that's, wow. that's, that was grooming. That, that was a power dynamic that shouldn't have happened. Um, but I was seeing this, this man, and, and he understood that I'd wanted to wait until Kyle, or until I was married um, and said that he was very supportive of that. Uh, and knew where that line was. And we would sort of play around. We would dance around that line a little bit and and mm-hmm. um, sort of push against it. And then one day that boundary was just sort of not there. And uh, and it it's so funny. My, my therapist is like, why don't I, why don't you ever use like the term like I don't even like saying the word rape. I'm like, I don't want to say the R word. I just say that it was non-consensual. But that's that's what mm-hmm. it means. Yeah. Um, but so I, I remember the moment that it, it happened and I immediately started crying and he realized afterwards, after, after he was finished, what he had done and apologized. Um, and then somewhere, some part of my brain thought, well, this, this is a man that loves me 
um, and he made a mistake and it's okay because if we get married, like this is still the person that I married. So it's fine. Yeah. Like that would make it okay. Like <laughs> that somehow made it okay. No, I mean, so I, I still, yeah, I mean, in that, yeah, yeah, in the space we were in, of course that makes sense. Um, so we, we dated almost my entire college, uh, career until I sort of keyed into the dynamics of our relationship and how sort of controlling it was and how inappropriate it was for someone 18 years older to be dating me as a college student. I'd never in high school, I had never dated anyone. I'd never kissed anyone. I was always like the, the best friend to the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that relationship happened. And so then I had a very complicated relationship to sex and in some ways still do. I have a lot of control issues around my body in that way. Um, but that, and that's still something I'm sort of unraveling, but that was like the beginning of that sexual journey. Um, Mm. and that sort of like set the framework in this really unusual way, but, but growing out of that, which has taken some time, um, has, has become really exciting and actually, uh, it it, ha- it was rooted sort of in another college acquaintance that I reconnected with many years later. So it all sort of roots back to this very particular time. But um, yeah, it's 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 funny the 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 ways that um, things that happen so so briefly can sort of like get inside your body for for so long and sort of hold on for so so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that that happened. I, I left college. I moved up to the Northeast. I've, I've occasionally dated a bit, but I was never very active in choosing someone. I was always sort of like letting people choose me. Mm. Um, and then I, I happened to, to run into, sorry, go ahead, Jared. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, can I, can I share? Cause I mean, like the, you know, the, yeah. like the uh, nickname that you've, <laughs> that you shared, right. Is like Victorian Aaron, you know, like, yeah. You know, uh, you know, like our our friend group that we have in common is this wonderful, diverse group of like artists and amazing people and very diverse and gay straight and everything like that. And um, you know, you were always a little bit, you know, like a very nice, warm person, but a, like prim and proper kind of, you know, and like that was the I that, that that that's the nickname that you said and I've heard one of our friends say is like quote unquote Victorian Aaron. So like what does that mean to you? I mean, for the longest time, and this is still a deep part of my heart, but I, I assumed like my perfect relationship would be like, we just exchange like many very heartfelt letters and then hold hands and then like kiss deeply and then we're married. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I want it to be this like very like Jane Austen emotional heart connection that like then results in in us getting together and there's no like weird weird anything in the meantime there's no sex there's no whatever it's just it's all heart and feelings and then we're done well pride and prejudice is one of the greatest books <laughs> and love stories of all time well and yes. i wonder yeah. right like so liana also you've talked about on the show that like when guys come at you like overtly sexually flirting like that, that sort of. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. That's if a guy approaches me sexually or says a sexual innuendo or whatever, they're cut. I can't do that. You know, it's just because it's like, 
to me, and first of all, I want to say this, like, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm really sorry for what happened to you and what you went through. And like, it's very, that's very vulnerable for you to open up about something. Like when you were talking about that, like it just hit, hit me so hard. Like I felt, I felt for you and I felt that emotion that you experienced at that time and how painful that can be. I've gone through a similar experience and you're right. Mm. It just, it stays in your body Mm. and it's sickening that we live in a culture where we don't even know when it happens to us. Like we don't even know that rape happened to us when rape happened to us. And then we still feel like we have to justify it. Like, well, they didn't mean that or they apologized or all of this. And like, it's just, you know, um, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so where were you in your story? Because you, before we started talking about Victorian Aaron, so you had kind <laughs> of like, you had kind of, so you left college and then you started like, oh, you were saying men were choosing you versus you being kind of proactive in your own dating life. Yeah, there. I dated a, a bartender once for a number of months at a bar that I frequented after work and loved to go to. And we had like a fine rapport, but he asked me out. Uh, and I, I remember thinking to myself, like, well, we have good conversation and I, I, like, I'm not attracted to him, but I have nothing else going on. So I guess I should go to lunch. Mm. Like somehow my not actually being attracted to him wasn't enough of a reason for me not to go out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, a lot of women can internalize messages that like, to like not have their own sexual agency, you know? Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of us, like I grew up as a, as a people pleaser and as a parent pleaser, I want to be the gold star kid. I want to be like first picked and the best at everything. And so if you say that you want me for something, then somehow I want to like help that or nurture that because, because you're, you're choosing me. Um, and the fact that it never occurred to me for so long that, that I could also choose what I wanted if it was different. Um, I, I don't think is that uncommon for women, but I feel is so, I am so sad for my like earlier self, that earlier version of me, um, because she feels so far away from me now, but she, she was willing to let other people make those decisions for her. Hmm. Now, I mean, I, I certainly like have male privilege, so I can't say like, I, I understand, you know, in, in any way. However, I, I can also relate to being a sort of, sensitive person I can pick up on the needs of others and like kind of like I in in relationships sometimes and not just romantic relationships but especially there I can like lose track of like what I actually want versus like me performing what the other person wants and and because that feels good to me like that's safe that's sort of gratifying right like and it's so it's really hard for me in the moment to like not lose track of like, wait, do I actually want to do this? Or am I just saying or doing whatever? Because I know that this is what's going to make the other person happy. I don't know. 
Um, well, and yeah, and to just add on to that, like we say this all the time, but women are groomed to please men. Yeah. You know, so if like a guy asks us out and we're not really into it, like I have so many experiences where myself, friends that I know have gone out on dates with guys that they didn't really go on on dates with, but that felt obligated to go or didn't know how to say no, you know? That's like, yeah. And that's like, that's a thing that for me as a man to try to understand and put myself in the shoes of like, like women, I think often just as, as you were saying that, I'm like picturing a woman in this situation like on a date with a guy she doesn't like being like how am I going to get out of this like how do I have to like delicately like not make this man angry or whatever well and then and I've shared this story before but then I was on a date with a guy that I knew I felt creeped out by I wasn't like I knew I needed to get out of that date as soon as possible so I stated my boundary and 20 minutes in he had dro- driven an hour to meet me. It was an online person. And 20 minutes in, I said, hey, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm not feeling it. And he gets mad and starts crying and then hit, sends me hate texts. What? So, it's like, so, then it's like, so then it's like, so when we do say, it's like, they, you know, the men that, well, not, hashtag not all men. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like fragile male ego and so then that then we again were like oh well i stated how i felt and and they got mad and i was punished for and it. i was punished for it yeah yeah so anyway i know we have to kind of no no no, no i'm no, sorry go, we're go. bouncing on no, track please. off track yeah. but i'm really curious like how did you so as you started kind of discovering your sexuality how did you get into polyamory because that's a big switch to go it's from, a big switch conservative you know conservative christian like you know to maybe a little exploration with like guys that you're not really interested in and then boom <laughs> well and maybe it didn't maybe it wasn't a boom maybe it was like a boom <laughs> so i feel i feel like there are like three three relationships that i can sort of trace as being what led me here which is that um uh, uh, an acquaintance from uh, college uh, happened to be in town and I met up with him for a drink. Uh, we had a, a great conversation, great time. He was somebody that I really uh, respected, was super attracted to, um, but went home and then heard from him that night. You know, he like invited me back out at, at 1230 after I'd already gone home. And I know what that he wasn't saying it, but I knew what everybody knows what that text is like, come back out mm-hmm. at quarter to one. Um, <laughs> and I, I kept hearing from him for, for a handful of days um, about, you know, I, I, I really wish we could have gotten that second drink. And again, I knew what the second drink was, was code for. Uh, but I was like, you know, I, I, this feels so unusual to have someone that I, I am sort of considering out of my league, which is a phrase that I hate, but was felt true at the time. Like there's this guy that is out of my league that is very hardcore flirting with me. Uh, I'm going to wait for him to like, ask for what he's actually wanting. And that's going to give me time in the in-between to see if this is something I could consider because I had never had sex with anyone that wasn't in a relationship. I didn't Mm. know Mm. that I could do that. I'm a very Mm. like feelings first person. Mm. And this was clearly not a feelings based exchange. Mm. Um, So he, he was a little more, um, upfront about it and I thought you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna dip my toe in this water and then like 
the moment I started to play back, it was like a hundred miles an hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I sort of realized like, okay, well, he's someone that I, I will see hardly if ever, like maybe a handful of times a year when he happens to, to come through town. I understand that this is just something for fun, uh, for when we see each other, there's not a relationship here. Victorian Aaron has no no place here. If this is going to be fun in the way that I think he is hoping it will be and that, that I would hope it to be, I have to sort of like play at a different version of me. So whenever he would text or we would like send photos or like say sexy things to each other or I... I, I wasn't ever being disingenuous, but it was sort of like I was I was finding something in myself that was like at volume two and turning it up all the way. Yeah. No, it's so like it you, little, Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's like, you know, I think we all sort of try on roles until they become you know, and, and it's not that it's inauthentic or, or disingenuous or anything like that. No, yeah. exactly. And, and it's also, and I think you're also describing in a beautiful way, like the letting go of a lot of like hangups and oppressive shit that was put on to you, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Well, it felt, it, it felt a little, um, uh, a little forbidden. And I think that was also why it was exciting. It was a little forbidden. I'd never done it before. I'd never had a, a sort of friends with benefit situation. And And every time he would text, like the first time he sent me a very explicit text message, I like hyperventilated and pretended to be in a meeting. Like I had no idea what (laughs) to do. (laughs) I like made up a reason I had to not respond for hours while I figured out like, oh my God, like what, what, if this is what it is, how am I going to respond to this? But it sort of became like, like a, uh, this is going to sound so lame, but like a confidence jacket, like. I would put this jacket on when I would sit down to respond. Um, and I was like playing at a level of confidence beyond what I felt. And, but eventually doing that enough, like faking that level of self-confidence enough, I actually met and then exceeded that bar. Mm. Um, it's like, I mean, it, it sounds like sort of like owning your sexual power and enjoying it and playing in that space and being kind of sexually powerful, you know? Yeah, because there is something so empowering when you have someone that really desires you in a way that feels um, safe and fun and respectful. And and it was sort of like a level of, of desire and expression that I had never experienced before. And so that was sort of like feeding um, this side of me a little bit that I'd never gotten to experience. And so... Um, uh, pretending that incredibly self-confident version of myself became more fun. Um, So then Mm. I just sort of like tried to play that all the time. And then I sort of like found myself living there a little bit longer. So what was it like? Cause for me with casual sex, I hate it. Like I can't do it. Like I feel shitty after I feel super anxious so how would, what was your response to it? Like your first time, like kind of having this like friends with benefits kind of thing, like how did it feel? Were there parts of it that you really struggled with of like getting attached to the person or were you able to stay detached? No, for, for sure. I, I threw a lot of like relationship level energy 
his way. Because again, I'd never done it before. I only knew um, sex that was rooted in, in a lot of emotion and love. And so I knew what the boundary was. I knew that's not what he wanted. Um, but I needed some of that for me. Like I needed to be cared for, for me. So, uh, you know, there was certainly a lot of like, you know, videos back and forth and audio back and forth and sexy, um, messaging, but, uh, I was doing a lot more, um, uh, like compassionate checking in than I think he ever cared for or wanted. <laughs> <laughs> like emotional, like energy. <laughs> like, like yeah. affectionate and romantic and, yeah. you know, like you know, kind of yeah. going, yeah, going that way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I always knew what the boundary was. And whenever I um, started dating someone, this, this friend would sort of like clock that and step back. And I'd go back to hearing from them about like they might, you know, comment on an Instagram about a, a story that I put up or like get into a debate about something. But they'd like pull back on the, the sexual talk altogether until they sort of realized that I was maybe available again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next person that I that I dated um, was maybe the first relationship that I, I ended where I was still actively in love with somebody. All the mm. other relationships I'd ended because I knew that like my feelings had changed. But this was someone I still deeply loved. Um, we just didn't want to live our lives the same way. Mm. Uh, and we we took some time apart to sort of mourn that. And then we, we reconnected. And at some point he proposed um, rekindling the physical side of, of our friendship. And I thought that was a, a probably poor idea. I wanted to be genuine friends with him. Um, mm. But when you have someone who's very attractive standing in front of your face saying, I would like to do things to you right now, it's hard <laughs> to say no to that. And so uh, we sort of had a conversation about like the most important part of this to me is the friend part. I'd rather not lose that. We can, we can try this if, if we, we think it's possible, but if it starts to get complicated, I'd rather just not. Um, And so we started sort of sleeping together and still um, have hanging out as friends. And we would each go on dates and tell each other about the dates. And I sort of saw myself, um, we would each be supportive and sort of offer suggestions if somebody had had a hard time or a weird experience. But I realized uh, that that maybe I needed a different skill set to deal with this because this was not only um, me getting to enjoy someone I cared about in a sexual way, but it also included compassion and feelings that I wasn't getting from that other sort of friends with benefit situation. And I, I didn't know how to navigate that. So I reached out to a, a friend of mine, um, who I knew was Polly and had two partners that I knew. And I just said, I know that you guys have like epic levels of communication <laughs> between the three of you. What, it, what can you share with me? Because, um, you know, this friend that I'm sleeping with, I care about deeply. We're both going on dates to try to find people to create more permanent relationships with. I want to make sure we're doing this in a way that feels, um, uh, respectful and, um, caring. Uh, and so she gave me a, a number of books, like, you know, the ethical slut and, um, opening up, but she also shared with me, uh, this sort of relationship checklist, um, that I actually use in my relationship now. Um, 
that was just a way of, of relating and communicating because he and I were someone, we, we talked a lot, but we didn't communicate. Hmm. We, we, we had very different ways of trying to share information. And so we would spend hours on the phone together, but we weren't always hearing the same thing. Hmm. Um, and, uh, eventually that sort of solution solved itself because, uh, we'd been talking a lot about, I, I'm 36 years old. I've been on a doctor's visit where my doctor was essentially like, I don't know your feelings about kids, but if you, if you have any sort of feelings about kids, maybe Leanne's. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because yeah. my boyfriend just recently asked me if I was going to freeze my eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that was essentially my conversation with this doctor. And, and I was having a lot of anxiety about this and sharing this with my friend that I was sleeping with. And he is a little bit older than me and is someone who desperately wants a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reached a point where um, we were a- a- about, we were like f- kissing and flirting and probably going to have sex. And then he was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I can do this. He said, I've been thinking a lot based on your conversation about where, where you are and where I want to be. And I don't feel like I am in a place where I can sleep with someone right now. If it's not going to result in like the possibility of a relationship or a family. I was like, great, cool. Thank you for sharing. I'm glad that you know that that was still like, he's a very attractive man. I care about him very much. That was a little difficult to, to swallow in the moment. Um, but we're that, that conversation was maybe a year and a half ago we're still great friends. We, we talk, um, regularly. Uh, it took a little while to sort of lose that, that desire to, um, uh, be physical, but that was a line that he drew that I respected. Um, but that had started that sort of conversation around, um, we're going to sleep together while also searching for, for something different. Mm -hmm. And then, um, if I can, if I can just pause yeah. here, right. What I love about uh, what I, what I really appreciate about your story and what I want to highlight, um, is like, so there's so many, there's so much bullshit around relationships and sex <laughs> that like, that like there's a right way. Right. And the right way is this sort of like romantic monogamous fairy tale. Um, and I think a lot, all of us carry around baggage about this. Right. And there's books like Sex at Dawn and these other things that is sort of articulate very clearly that like sort of like, you know, like one man, one woman, like this kind of thing is is actually not like it's not natural. Like monogamy isn't isn't like the, the natural way or whatever. Right. Like um, and so and, and what I am hearing that I want to highlight in the story you're sharing, because I think I think people can also project onto people who are either poly or involved in no strings attached relationships and things like that. Like that, like, Oh, well, that's not what that person actually wanted, but they just, you know, like because the other person wasn't interested in what they actually wanted, they just went along for the ride. And what I so appreciate about the two relationships you're talking about is like, you are a sort of smart, articulate, like, self-possessed person and you made these decisions like very consciously and mindfully and intentionally and you were like you know and and just everything you've shared about the communication and stuff like that and I think that's really important because I just wanted to highlight that because I think people 
I don't know, like will bring all their bullshit of like, well, you know, like casting aspersions on, on, on what, what, what you're saying. Am I making any sense? Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and I like too, because I mean, if you really think about it, like most people who are dating are not dating monogamously, you know, like sure. there are a ton of guys and girls who are sleeping with someone on one night and then going out on a date and trying to find their actual someone and then not being honest to the person that they're sleeping with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's so much um, like respect for the situation that we're in and that you guys were very honest about what your needs were. You guys were like, okay, well, this is my need. This is my need. Can you do this? Yes, I can. Okay, well, let's do this until our needs change and let's be open about it and communicative. And then when he was like, okay, well, I really want a family and I know this isn't the right relationship for me, then you guys decided to stop that. And that's the mature thing to do. And then not only did you decide to stop that, but then you respected those boundaries, even though you were still attracted to him and probably didn't want to stop it but you respected the boundaries and let him move on essentially. Mm. And it's I, like, it's just, sorry. It's just, it's really great to hear that because there's so much of that. That's not happening, even though it's happening. Well, I think too, especially, you know, as Leanna, you were sort of alluding to earlier, I feel like there are so many of us who have had boundaries crossed that if somebody draws a boundary with us, it feels extra important to, to manage and, and mm-hmm. notice. Um, but Jared, even to what you were saying about, um, you know, people cast aspersions on, on relationships that are different. I mean, I was talking, I was asking my poly friend for advice, but up until I was in a situation where I felt that experience that she had was um, necessary. I also had really complicated feelings about her relationship. Like I, uh, I hadn't known that that she had she and her her um, long term boyfriend had had opened up and and decided to become Polly, and so uh, she had started uh, dating someone new that I sort of like realized as I saw him at, at parties more and more was someone she was considering a partner. And I was not very welcoming to this new person because somehow mm. I felt like that was a betrayal of like the first boyfriend. Like if I was somehow friends with this second person that was like pushing away the partner of hers that I knew. I, so I, that's so funny. Yeah, so like, so like you're at the party and you have hangups about it. Meanwhile, her primary partner, like they're totally they're cool. Totally fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to keep, I want you to keep going. Cause I'm like, as you tell your story, I'm like this. And then Jared starts talking. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, just, just, just one quick thing. And then, yeah, I also can't wait to hear about relationship number three, but, um, I, I think your point, Aaron, is also really true and important to highlight is that there are so many people that have non-traditional relationships and they're poly or they've opened up in various ways. And I guarantee you, Leanna, that both you and I know couples that are have some degree of openness in their relationship that we don't know about. 
because it's a different thing to like, not everyone is out about it. And then I think part of what drives a a lot of the judgment and like misconceptions about ethical non-monogamy is that you only hear about the relationships that don't work out, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's so many people doing this successfully and healthily that we just don't know about, right? But anyway, okay, relationship number three. Well, as I was sort of keeping my eyes open for the next thing, in comes uh, your favorite app, Hinge. Um, yes. And Actually, so- I'm a Bumble fan. Really? Yeah. I like Bumble over Hinge now. Oh, I like Hinge yeah. better. At Bumble, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take Hinge, too. I, I, sure. I panic about making the first move, so Bumble was never the right fit for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can, sure I can make a really... I can do a really enthusiastic like comeback, but reaching out first is really hard. <laughs> um, okay, so but I'm about to, so Hinge, I'm about to, to completely fly in the face of what I just said because Hinge has a, a you know your most compatible where it will say like this is a person that we think you should get to know. Um, and one day, uh, up on my, my notifications popped my most compatible and it was this guy named Nick. And I was like, Oh my God, he's really handsome. He's got an incredible smile. I'm digging his whole vibe. And then I got to, um, what I'm looking for. And it said something like, I'm looking for open-minded humans. I'm poly and ethically non-monogamous. Um, uh, friendship or more is welcome. Just looking to share my light with others. And I went, well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) god damn it i was so excited by everything in your profile and your poly and so now what do i do with that um but i kept like sneaking a look at his profile and sneaking a look at his profile and i thought well you know he did say friendship was on the table um and you know as jared had said a lot of our friends are artists um so a lot of the folks that that i know in my city work in the evening uh, as performers. And so when I go out and do things, all my friends are working. I sometimes need a second and love to have another person to invite along. If friendship's on the table, like maybe we can just be buds. He seems like a cool person. So I, I wrote to him and I essentially said that like, um, you know, Polly's not really for me, but you said friendship was on the table. I'm always looking for a second, um, to go to like, go to a concert or go to a thing do you want to like grab a cup of coffee and see if maybe we could hang? Um, And we did. And on that very first uh, hangout, he essentially was like, so what do you, what do you imagine this to be? (laughs) And I said, well, like you just seem like a cool person to get to know. Um, That's where I am, you know, period. That is my, that is my comfort level. I can, I can recognize that you are a very attractive person. Um, but like, I would rather us just be friends. Um, so for like seven months, we would hang out once or twice a month. I'd invite him out to a, a movie or a play or a show. Um, every once in a while, if there, and we, you know, it, we had recognized that we both found the other person attractive. He is married. Um, uh, his wife, uh, Brittany, is um, a, a yoga teacher and um, a certified tantric sex coach and, um, a writer and is a very, um, proud poly advocate. Um, so I, I heard a lot about on the coming episode. Sorry. You may have on the show. Um, 
But, you know, whenever we would hang out, if there happens to be a very sort of pregnant pause or some, some maybe tension, he would never bring it up in the moment, but he might mention it later and just sort of check in with how I was feeling. Um, and it was never done in a way that was, was to, to pressure me. It was just sort of acknowledging, uh, there was, there was a change in the energy of how we were hanging up. I just want to, I just want to see where you are. Um, and it was funny because I had a friend or two who were sort of concerned at our spending time together. They felt like he was going to trick me into sleeping with him somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it was never, that was never the case. I was always very clear, um, that I had the keys to drive every part of our, our friendship and any potential relationship. And I, whenever he would sort of check in, if there seemed to be a sort of pregnant moment, um, my response tended to be like, the friendship part is the part I know I can sustain. Like I, I recognize that more might be fun. And I appreciate that you let me know that that door is available, but here's where I feel comfortable. Um, and this, I know I can sustain. So like, this is what feels good to me. And he was always like, great. I love hanging out with you. That's totally fine. Um, but there was a, a night where we had gone to dinner. I was relaying a very terrible date that I had gone on, um, he was relaying, uh, uh, talking about a, a woman that he had just started to see. Um, and we went and sat in the park after, and he'd written me a, a card. And words of affirmation are like number one, two, and three of my love languages. Like that, <laughs> that is it for me, especially if you write it down. And it was just this lovely note about how like, you know, we'd been spending a lot of time together and he really valued um, the connection that we were nurturing uh, and really appreciated the influence I was having on his life. And I, and again, it was one of those very pregnant moments. And so we were sitting there and I had this note in my hand and, and it sort of necessitated a check-in moment <laughs> because I was, I was, I was feeling an awful lot of feelings. And I said to him, you know, Nick, again, like, I, you are, you are someone who's very important to me, um, that I really enjoy spending time with. And I, I know that a, a physical relationship or a more romantic relationship could be really fun. In fact, I believe it would be fun. Um, but knowing myself, I have a suspicion that I would want to, to end up in a more monogamous place. Like, I don't know that, 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 poly and being open and, and all that I'm imagining comes with that as a place that I can live. Like if I, mm -hmm. if I want to, to end up, you know, as a married monogamous person one day, then engaging with you feels disingenuous somehow. And I can, without, sorry, I, 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 I can so relate to that. Like just the, like, it's <laughs> like when you have strong feelings for someone and they're in a different model of relationships than you like this, like, can I, can, can I do this? Like, what would it be? You know, like, would I get jealous and would the whole thing blow up? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Face I gave Jared. She got so mad at me for talking. I'm just so up. enthralled while you're talking. <laughs> I'm like, what's next? What's after the note? What happened? Also, what do you mean by pregnant moment? Uh, are you like a very pregnant? Yes. 
a very a very full moment. Oh, okay. like 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 kind of like like I I'm picturing like sexual tension. Like you both kind of like yes. look at each other, yeah. and there's kind of a okay. Kind of, I just an electricity that, that happens. Yeah, I just think of pregnant as the opposite of that. There's something going on here that's unspoken, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But no, but I mean, Jared, to what to what you were saying, I do like f- for me there my sort of personal philosophy on love and relationships is that is there is a moment that is kind of a, a choice, right? Like you can, you can notice an attraction to someone. You can feel those, those feelings that you, that are like laying the foundation for something, but you have to, to choose to follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, you are making the decision to follow that or not. And I, in this instance specifically, I was, I kept choosing not to, um, mm-hmm. But, but when I told Nick, like, I don't know that, that I can do this if I think I might want to be monogamous. I don't, I don't know if this is a, a thing that I can explore. And without even, like, blinking, he just, well, if what, if what you want is to one day, like, be monogamous or be married and do all those things, you should have that. If that's what's going to make you happy, you deserve that. But you ending up there doesn't mean that we can't do this now if you want to. And somehow I like somehow in my brain, I was like, I have to commit to doing this thing or like being some way or, or like altering my whole life forever. And yet here's this person who's just saying, I want for you whatever makes you most happy. And if that includes me, that's great. If that doesn't, that's fine. But but if you want to do this now, you can. And I was just like, oh, oh well, well, OK. <laughs> And he said, so if you, if you want to, to kiss me, you should. I, again, every step of the way, letting it be my choice. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay. And we kissed. And it was very nice. But then as soon as we stopped, I had to like lay down in the grass because I was shaking all over. And it... It, it wasn't necessarily because the kiss was amazing, though. It was. It was more because I had just done this thing that every part of society and every like person I know would have told me is wrong. I just kissed a married person. Mm. Except that his wife knew he was there. We talked about it. It was fun. Like everybody was open and honest and fine. But, but it was hard to like shake that from my body. Mm-hmm. And so he just sort of sat there with his hand on my chest for a little bit as I sort of attempted to, to come back down. And, and it sort of felt like, like someone had, I'd been in a dark room and someone had turned the light on and suddenly like the room that I thought I was in, like didn't have a wall or like, the ceiling was like partially missing. Like if, if, if the rules can be whatever you want them to be, as long as everybody is being like communicative and honest and generous, like are, are there no rules? Like what does the world look like now? It was really (laughs) disconcerting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so even like, the next time I saw him, we were like walking around the city and I was holding his hand 
And I would look down and see his wedding ring on his hand. And, and, and it took a lot of, of, of time for me to sort of shake off this, this feeling that I was doing something bad. But like, who, who, who was I hurting? I was hurting nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sort of loosening other people's expectations for what I should or shouldn't feel bad about or should or shouldn't feel guilty about um, took, a, took a bit. But then it again, it was just sort of like, you know, all of the things that I'm holding in my body right now, somebody, somebody else told me I should feel bad for. The people involved, none of us feel bad. No one's lying to anyone. It's just, I get to share love with Nick. We get to have a physical relationship that is fun and is great. He has a great relationship with his wife. He has another girlfriend that lives in New York that I know about. Um, everyone gets to sort of pursue their, their own thing unto themselves. And in the meantime, we have like, I get to spend time with this person who cares about me and we have fun. Um, Mm. And right. And and, I'm sorry to just to to sort of fast forward to now, right? Like you, you have other partners as well now. Can you give us like the snapshot of that? Yeah. So I, I started, uh, I went on a first date um, with someone that I thought was so great. And I immediately texted a bunch of my girlfriends, like we're either going to be like really good friends or I'm going to marry this person. Like this guy is amazing. And I've never said that about anybody. And that sounds so cliche and gross. Um, but I was really concerned, like going into our second date, like I, I have Nick in my life and I don't know, like I hadn't fully owned the fact that I, I, what I was doing was living, living like in an ethically non-monogamous way. I had a, I had a poly partner. Um, and here I was trying to date someone new myself. And I, I didn't know how to talk about that. That hadn't been in my profile because Nick and I's romantic relationship was a little newer, but Leonard asked me, um, you know, can you tell me about your, uh, last relationship? And I said, well, uh, I I guess that depends on, um, uh, how you view relationship. I said, the last person I would have called my, my boyfriend, uh, was, you know, two years ago, we dated for five months. We're still great friends. And I said, but there are two people, um, that I care about and, and love very much. And we, um, I have a physical relationship with them both. And I sort of like braced because Mm -hmm. this is the first time I'd ever said that to a person I was trying to, to date. This is the first real date that I'd been on since romantically starting a connection with, with Nick. And I, I was petrified as to sort of how that would be received because this was also a person I really liked. And again, without blinking, he just, Leonard was like, Oh, you're, you're E&M. And at the time I was not even like hip enough to know that E&M stood for ethically non-monogamous. I was just like, what, what, like, what was that that he said? (laughs) Like that, that somehow didn't phase him whatsoever. Um, and he sort of took that in stride. And then as we, we continued seeing each other, that became a conversation, um, what that meant to, to each of us. And now he has for the first time started sort of going on virtual dates. Uh, and that's necessitated a conversation between us two about like what we want from our relationship with each other, uh, what we want 
relationships with others to look like. Like it was, it was sort of easy for me to step into a relationship with, with Nick because uh, I knew sort of what that looked like. Like he had built a home and a, a marriage with him and Brittany and the relationship they have is amazing. Um, uh, so I knew that I was sort of taking a, 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 a more secondary supporting role. And also I didn't want or need more time from, from him or, or energy from him than that. Um, but for Leonard and I, that necessitated a conversation about what we each wanted. Um, and for him as someone who's newer to this space, he's not entirely sure. Um, and that's also prompted a lot of conversations around um, expectation and jealousy and those sorts of things, because again, like I'm the gold star student, I want to be the best at everything. So I kind of want you to love me. Like you can love other people. That's totally fine. But maybe love me most, which is not (laughs) a fair thing. That's not a fair thing to, to ask. And I realized what I was wanting him to articulate was some, some sense of like security and certainty. Like I wanted him to, to say that uh, nothing would ever threaten the thing that we were building, but we could be, Leonard and I could be married and that wouldn't be true because mm-hmm. at, at any point, um, you know, no relationship is ever guaranteed no matter how, what form of commitment you have. And yeah, if, if he were to, you know, that, that was a fear-based response that, that I was, having and if he the the hard thing um is that i have to want what again what nick was saying to me when we first got together like if what you want is to ultimately be monogamous aaron you deserve that if that makes you happy that level of selflessness was sort of shocking Mm -hmm. to me i need to also have that for leonard he has to have that for me like what we create together should be great and amazing and if I hope he has other partners that that support and supplement what we build together. But if he ends up meeting someone uh, that uh, he wants to spend, you know, he wants to build with in a more primary fashion than than me. I mean, I'm pretty amazing. So if somebody comes and and does that, she <laughs> must she must be pretty amazing too. Um. Wait. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I have so many questions. Okay. Go. Okay. Yes. Yes. Questions. Go. Okay. So I know for me, polyamory would never work because I am like what you were saying. Like I, that person that I'm with needs to love me the most that they've ever loved. Yeah. Yeah. And I do all of me beyond all others. Yeah. Exactly. And I do have some jealousy stuff, you know, like I, um, don't like it when I'm with someone and we're out and they check out another person or, you know, and I don't like it when, if like, there's a new girl, girl that's like texting or they talk about or whatever, I'm like, well, who is she, (laughs) you know? So obviously like that wouldn't work for me. So I guess my question is like, in just listening to you is your journey into polyamory or S no, not S and M. E and M. 
We could talk about I that on another to, episode. Let's just say there's not some SMM in there mixed in, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when you met Leonard, now you're having the feelings of like, you know, well, I kind of, you had that fear-based feeling of like, well, I kind of want him to love me the most or whatever. Did you meet Leonard and ever think, okay, I, I think I'm ready to move on from Nick? Or like, cause you, when you and Nick first kind of started, he said like, if you meet someone and you want to have a monogamous relationship with that person. So what, did that ever cross your mind? Or do you think, do you think that now at this point in your life that that is something that you'd like to do is go into a monogamous relationship or are you more comfortable with or not comfortable, but do you feel more at peace having the polyamorous relationships? I mean, I never want to say never because I also never thought I'd be polyamorous and here I am. Um, I think part of my my fear when I met Leonard and, and told him that I had other partners uh, was fear that that um, he would would want me to give those up or fear that I would have to consider what how much I wanted them. Um, but as someone who again has a very like complicated relationship with with boundaries and sex and um uh having people be supportive of of lines in the sands that i draw nick has has been the the most supportive person in terms of allowing me to set paces and grow and discover things uh mm. and and if I had said that, like, I think Leonard is something that I want to pursue um, wholly and would like to give up the physical aspect of our relationship, he might have been supportive. I feel like he he probably would have, you know, again, in his very sweet way, wished me the best. But if I have this person that I love who loves me that much, I don't I don't want to have to give that up. And no one's asking me to. Mm. And I. I super understand that polyamory is not for everybody. Um, and sometimes it's even like as someone who, who has more than one partner, it, it can be hard for me to, I mean, relationships are hard period. And so the more you have, the more, the, the more work you have to do. Um, yeah. But I, uh, the way I sort of describe it um, is that like my, my brother and sister-in-law happen to know um, that I have multiple partners and so as Leonard and I have continued to see each other, they're like, well, you know, well, you've reached X many months. Do you feel like you love him enough now to be monogamous? And it's not about loving enough. Like love isn't pie. It's not, you know, if I give some to one person, there's less to someone else. Um, mm -hmm. Time is the only finite resource. There's not a... a, a end amount to the love that I can give it's and it's sort of like um the, the way I have tried to describe it to people is um you know you have friends in your life that you go to because they're like the party good time person so you know you can always call this person to be like your let's go out and have fun person you've got your friend that's like the person you call when you want to curl up on the couch and maybe read a book or watch a movie you have the friend that you debate um 
you know, politics with and you have the friends that you like road trip with. Uh, you're like being friends with one of those people doesn't mean you have to be less of a friend to somebody else. And they all feed different parts of you. Um, for, for me, I feel like, you know, we ask a lot of people that we're in relationships with, right? We, we want them to be so many things to us and compliment us in so many ways. Um, and they can't fulfill all those needs. And for most people, they fill in the rest of those with their friend group, with their community, with their coworkers. Um, but for me right now, I get to fill some of those with, um, other partners that I get to explore different things with. And Leonard and Nick get to have different partners that they get to explore different sides of themselves with and are supported in different ways. Um, and it, you know, working on jealousy or working on communication or, you know, um, working on scheduling. Like if I, there was a night when Leonard wanted me to go meet some of his, his friends pre COVID, uh, and it would be the first time I was going to meet some of his friends, but I had already made plans with someone else that night on a date. And, and there are things to navigate, but knowing that, um, we can, we can continue to sort of support and celebrate each other in really caring and loving ways. And also, you know, in the, in our cases, we explore those, those sexual spaces with other people too. Um, it feels really full. It feels like I just have a bunch of, of really wonderful men in my corner who love and appreciate me and are, are supporting me to try to be the, the best version of myself that I know how to be. Wow. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's an incredible story. Well, and like what I love is it's, it's such a, everything you're talking about is such a, a beautiful model of actually like what the word consent means. You know, this idea of like, let's do like, Hey, is anything about this hurting you or uncomfortable to you? You know, like, let's talk about our boundaries up front. Let's communicate throughout. And by the way, the way the the agreement that we make now is subject to change at any time. Yeah. Right. Like next week I may feel differently. You may feel differently. And at that point, like we're going to talk about it again. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's continuous. It's consent is alive and evolving and, you know, changing every moment. Right. Yeah. So, so this is what I was going to say too, because I think I, I feel like you do Leanna, where I feel like I would have that anxiety or like insecurity or like, well, if this person has other partners that they're going to leave me and blah, blah, blah. And I think what you did such a beautiful job of like highlighting earlier, Aaron, is like in monogamy, it's like, it's like if I were to say to you right now, like, promise me you'll never feel attracted to another man for the rest of your life. Done. And promise me you're, the way you feel about me right now, promise me right now that you're always going to feel that way about me. And that will never change. And no one, no one else will come into your life in a way that's going to change the way you feel about me or the, the ways you show up for me or the, you know. Yeah, Leanna, you will never want to watch The Bachelor with anyone other than Jared ever in your life. Exactly. Right? But, like, that's the deal that we make <laughs> to each other all the time. You know, and people are like, I promise you that. And it's a lie. You know, it's no a lie. Can promise it is that, a lie. Right? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and this is not, I'm not trying to bash monogamy, but I, I you know, I, I love the, the way just kind of that 
the evolving, the, the higher level of, of communication. Um, well, and I think this is a great example of what monogamous relationships should be like too. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, constantly checking in constantly communicating. How are you feeling about our relationship? Are there needs that aren't getting met? What are they? Um, if I can't meet those needs, is there somewhere else you can get them? And not necessarily with another person, but like you said, like a friend or a social group or something like that. And, you know, um, like, and it, if you choose to be in a monogamous relationship, you know, maybe not saying, I promise I'll never leave you because that's a, you can't promise that like what you're saying, but just be like, I want you to know that you are like, I, this is a secure relationship, you know, and I will be honest with you every step of the way. And like right now you have security in me and like you're safe with me and I'll always be honest and upfront with you. You know, like, I think that's just such a beautiful example of what every fucking relationship should be like. And, you know, it's like, and it's not, that's not what people do. But even, even that promise is hard. Like that, that's the most true, but I still want you to say, like, can you just say forever? Can you say forever? And then I'll be the most important anyway. And again, like, (laughs) well, but but also, isn't that like, that's allowed in ENM too. Like, anything's allowed. Yeah, there's, yeah, anything's allowed, right? But there's people who were like, you know, very clearly like we, we are the, our relationship is the primary relationship. Yes, yes. And, and they, and they, while one, sometimes only one person is, is open, right? Yeah. And the other person's not, you know, and if that works for both people, then good on them. Um, but, you know, other, but then people do that in ways that can be very boundaried to really retain that primariness of the initial relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think any relationship is valid if it works for the people that are in it. And that's monogamous or poly or any flavor of things in between. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I think that's a great way to end it. Erin, yes. you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, for being so open with us, uh, pun intended. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm being vulnerable and sharing your story. It was such a beautiful story. I was fascinated the entire time. Uh, Jared and I will work out our fight later. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like seriously, thank you so much. This was such a great look into that world that I don't think is talked about very often. And like you said, is often very judged, you know? And so I just really appreciate your input. Thank you for letting me come and chat with you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Erin, thank you so much. That was such a powerful conversation. We really appreciate your vulnerability and willingness to do that interview. Um, Guys, Jared was supposed to be on this outro with me, but we had some tough, technical difficulties and so I'm just going to finish this up for you guys guys make sure to follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Lana Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez we're on Twitter at hello underscore by underscore pod you can find us on Facebook at the H&G hive or hello and goodbye we have YouTube channel hello and goodbye patreon www.patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast and then of course our website 
www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com. Make sure to check out the website to see our merch and, um, and then make sure to submit those reviews on Apple Podcasts by October 31st. And we'll see you next time. Bye.